Hello, everybody. Money Mike and I are back to give you another amazing episode of another damn sports podcast where we talk about everything there is about NFL free agency during the sports wasteland that is the world with COVID-19. Mike, how's it going, man? Yeah, hey, it's going pretty good. You know, I've been cooped up in my house for the last, you know, I can't even count how many days anymore. I've lost track. I, I'm pretty sure it's Wednesday. Any only reason I know that is because Survivor's on tonight. But uh, yeah, it's just, you know, been cooped up inside like everybody else. No yeah, sports, sadly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been rough. Uh, no sports means that everybody's a lot more bored than usual. Everybody's watching a lot of uh, Netflix and Hulu, specifically Tiger King. I know that's the big thing nowadays. I haven't watched it. Have you watched it? I, I, I've heard of it. I haven't watched it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems like uh, a weird show, but it's definitely captivating uh, millions right now. But what else is captivating millions is uh, the constant NFL free agency news that occurs uh, usually around this time of year. Uh, it's basically the only interesting sports news right now because everything else is just being canceled. Right. Um, but but we have so much to cover for both my team, Mike's team, and a bunch of other teams. So, Mike, why don't you start? What are we going to start with? So, well, let's start with our teams. Uh, I'll ask you, uh, what what are your thoughts on what the Jaguars have been doing so far? They've We, we talked briefly about how they've uh, they've gotten rid of some of the key guys that were really important to your run to the AFC Championship game a few years ago. Uh, especially on the defensive end, but it looks like they've signed quite a bit of defensive players. They got uh, Joe Schobert, uh, Casius Marsh, Rodney Gunter, Al Woods. You know, you, you're hitting the defensive tackle, defensive end line, a couple of linebackers. You got on the offensive side, you got Tyler Eifert from Cincinnati. What are your thoughts on what since what uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have done so far? Well, honestly, I always try to temper expectations when it comes to these types of free agency signings because obviously these guys are just roster fillers. Other than Schobert, he, he seems like he's a pretty seems like he's going to be an elite linebacker for us. But everyone else you just said, I've never even right, heard of like, before. Yeah, it's like, who, who's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like everybody's going to dig into their stats, dig into their past plays and say, oh, my God, this guy's going to be so good for us. But you never really know until the season comes around. Some of these guys might not even win the starting jobs. Um, so the only guys I really get excited for are big name free agents. Now, Tyler Eifert is probably the biggest name that we've signed. Um, but that's only because of fantasy football. The only yeah. reason people know who Tyler Eifert is is because he scored a bunch of touchdowns in fantasy football. But if you play fantasy, you know that the past couple of years he has hurt you if you drafted him because he is incredibly injury prone. So it's kind of hard to get excited for a guy like that. I'm sure that Cincinnati fans would disagree with you that they don't know who he is. I'm sure that they know who he is very well, and they're probably sad that he's not going to be playing for them anymore. But at the same time, if you're Cincinnati, you know you got to, you know, move on to new newer things because it's not like he was winning his Super Bowls. Uh, and then you have uh, Ngakwe, who's franchise tagged, and he wasn't happy about it because he wanted to leave Jacksonville. So do you think they're going to trade him before the season starts, or do you think they'll trade a midseason like they did with Ramsey? What do you think is going to go on with uh, Ngakwe? Who I, I now learned how to pronounce his name. <laughs> those of you critics Mike. out there listening to the show that know that my weakness in the show is uh, pronouncing names. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, the Ngakwe situation just seems like a mess. I mean, Ngakwe literally just tweeted yesterday before we started recording this that he said, Jaguars, we should both move on or something like that. Like, it's just, it's very unfortunate that both sides, the Jaguars are trying to keep them and trying to do the financially correct thing. And Ngankwe just wants the hell out. He wants to make his money, and, and I get that. Um, I think the Jaguars are going to end up trading him away eventually. Uh, mm -hmm. Right now, they have him franchise tagged, but they can definitely still get rid of him, I'm guessing, although that is a high high price tag for anybody, you know, e even with Ngakwe being one of the elite pass rushers in the league. So, I don't know. The Jaguars are a mess. We, we traded Calais Campbell to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, for some draft picks. So we have a lot of draft picks coming up. So they're basically in rebuild mode. Yeah. Um, do you think that in the rebuild mode now, they traded away Nick Foles, the Chicago Bears, get his contract off of your, really off of your plate. Do you think that they're going to use any of their draft picks on a quarterback? Or do you think they're all in on Gardner Minshew? I think, I don't think they're 100% in on Gardner Minshew. I think trading Nick Foles was obviously the right call. Um, I'm surprised they found someone who would want to pay that damn salary. Like, obviously, we still have some some dead cap space, but the Bears are going to be paying him a lot of money, so they better be sure that they want that guy behind uh, or behind center for them. But Gardner Minshew, he's the guy. I mean, showing just from last year, you could tell that he's someone who has potential to be the guy, but you can't just throw all of your chips in one basket. So I was seeing that 
uh, I think it was, what's his name, Todd McShay from ESPN. He said that the Jaguars are going to draft Justin Herbert with their first-round pick in the NFL draft. And I'm like, I don't know if you should spend that much draft capital on a quarterback that potentially is going to be a backup anyway. Right. But I think they're definitely going to draft someone, even if it's in the later rounds. Do you think they have any interest at all in the free agent quarterbacks that are out there, like the the Cam Newton types, the Jameis Winston? Do you think they have any interest in those guys at all? Or do you think they, after paying for Nick Foles, do you think they're going to want to stay away from from going that route? Me personally, if me personally, if you could get someone like Cam Newton, I think you do it. You know, yeah. like I love Gardner Minshew more than anyone else. I'm wearing his jersey right now, but Cam Newton, he's he's not Nick Foles. He's shown that he has the ability to play like an MVP, to play like the best quarterback in the NFL. I think he just needs to get back on the right track. And I think he could do it if the Jaguars signed him, but I don't know if that's going to happen anyway. Fair enough. James Winston. No, <laughs> I don't want, I don't want it. I don't want that dumpster fire. We don't need another guy who can throw a lot of interceptions. We got rid of Blake Bortles for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although he had the same QBR as Tom Brady last year. <laughs> that's true. That is true. Although I think that's more of an insult to Tom Brady than a compliment to James Winston. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> James Winston threw a lot of picks. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, in terms of uh, free agency for the New York Giants, um, they really have, in a similar light, I could list a bunch of people that they've signed that people listening would probably be like, who's that? Uh, I mean, they got Blake Martinez at linebacker from the Green Bay Packers. He's a four-year veteran. Uh, he got a three-year, $30 million deal. Uh, he basically was brought in to be the new leader of the defense because they uh, let go of Alec Ogletree, who's still a free agent, uh, to be claimed by another team. Uh, but he's had uh, – Martinez has had uh, three seasons in a row where he's had 140 tackles or more. So he's proven to be a really good linebacker in the NFL. And for a good team, he played for Green Bay. It's not like he was uh, on a bad defensive squad. They were one of the better defensive teams last year. Uh, with him came another linebacker from Green Bay, Kyler Frackerel. He also got a four-year uh, – he only got a one-year deal, but he played four years in Green Bay. So he's he's coming in with Martinez. So it's like you're the two new guys in this new environment, but you're there together. So you're able to feed off of each other in that regard. I feel like Fackrell is going to be more of a guy that's going to be rotated in with O'Shane uh, – I'm sorry, I cannot pronounce this guy's <laughs> name. I was on my team. Zymines. It it's spelled X-I-M-I-N-E-S. So – it's hard to pronounce, okay? <laughs> lines. Uh, and Lorenzo Carter, they're the other two linebackers, but they're both under the age of 25. You know, one was drafted. They're both third-round draft picks, both drafted. You know, one was in 2018, one was in 2019, both in the third round, both under the age of 25. So I feel like Fackrell's going to be rotating with those guys because Fackrell's more of a backup linebacker. And I feel like they're, the Giants did that because they're not going to land a top free agent like, um, like Clowney or any of these other like top defensive end or pass rushers, or and it doesn't look like they're going to get anybody in the draft. Cause really the only big name like pass rusher that's available is chase young from Ohio state. And he's most likely going to go two or three. He's not going to fall to number four at the giants. So I think that's why they got Fackerel and then they got uh, James Bradbury at corner three year, $45 million signing. That was actually a pretty good one for you. He's, you know, four years at Carolina been a very good corner. He's, immediately going to jump in and be the starting cornerback for the Giants because, again, all their cornerbacks are under the age of 24, except for him now. So he's going to be paired up with DeAndre Baker, who was our first-round draft pick last year. Um, he was like, I think he was pick number 30 in the first round. So that's good. But all their offensive signings were just guys to, like, back up their starters. So they got Colt McCoy to be a veteran backup to Daniel Jones. Uh, they got Deion Lewis to back up Saquon Barkley. Uh, Deion Lewis, who's traveled to all the teams that you hate. He played for the Patriots and he played for the Titans and now he plays for my team. So you, you got to love yourself some Deion Lewis there. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, he's not good enough to stay on any of the teams, so I can't hate him too much. Right. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> he, New York uh, native. We, we, we always get the, the Patriot running back cast offs, so <laughs> he probably won't be there for too long. And then we've got, um, you know, we got Cameron Fleming. He was a backup offensive lineman from Dallas and, uh, we got a tight end from, he mostly played with Atlanta, but he, I think he played in San Francisco last Mike, year. I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. Levine Toilolo. Hey, I was going to pronounce Levine just fine. <laughs> Toilolo. <laughs> Toilolo. But yeah, he's replacing Rhett Ellison, who uh, retired from the Giants. So, yeah, I mean, none of these moves are really splashy or anything too exciting. But I think the Giants are addressing some of the needs that they 
that they were requiring from last year. And I, I don't feel great about Colt McCoy as the backup for Daniel Jones because he has started 28 games, but his record is 7-21. and 21, So, I mean, he's played on some bad Redskins teams, though. Like, I think he's serviceable as a backup. I think yeah. he, he's a decent backup. Yeah, and I, 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 I like the Texas Longhorn, so he's from uh, from from that university. And, you know, he's played on bad teams. He, he got drafted by the Cleveland Browns. Enough said there. And then yeah. he played one year in San Francisco where he wasn't even – I don't even think he was on the roster, the active roster. I didn't and even know he not, played for San Fran. It was like he was there for like a year. If okay. that. And then he was with Washington, which is where he got the bulk of his starts, which Washington, anybody listening knows, they, they stink. He has the <laughs> ultimate football name too, though, man, Colt McCoy. Like you literally can't yeah. have a better quarterback name than that. So at least you have that going for you. Yeah, and he his whole entire contract is guaranteed. It's one year, one point five million. Can you imagine like getting that call, being like, "Yeah, I'll get a, I'll I'll make one point five million dollars just to be a backup quarterback in the NFL." Honestly, he has a chance to play too. I mean, it, it's always up in the air if it's uh, unproven quarterback like Daniel Jones. So he has a lot of potential, but you never know what can happen. Well, I don't think they would ever bench Daniel Jones for Colt McCoy. I feel like the only way he would play is if Daniel Jones got hurt. But the way Daniel Jones does play, where he is a more mobile quarterback, he's at more at risk than an Eli Manning type. So there's definitely a chance he could play at some point. I mean, Daniel Jones has only played for one year, and he's already missed games because of injury. So it, Very true. He's not the Iron Man that Eli Manning was. <laughs> All right. Well, as much as I love the Colt McCoy talk, maybe we should move on to some bigger name guys. Why don't we? Yeah, so um, he, let's start with probably the biggest name out there. Other than we're going to talk about Tom Brady a little bit, and we have Alex on a uh, special guest for you guys today. But I think the biggest name outside of that was uh, maybe I don't know, arguably Stefan Diggs going to Buffalo. That was pretty huge. Yeah, I mean everybody around here is ecstatic about that signing, you know, because if you think about it, the last time the Bills have had a big name wide receiver like that was probably when they signed To. Yeah. And like that was like at the end of his career. At the tail end of his career. He had so, that one year in Buffalo. Exactly. So like other than that, like can you think of anyone else who was like kind of like a star receiver that came to Buffalo? Uh came to Buffalo off a of, of free agency. No. I mean the last receiver I remember that was like a really big name receiver was like Eric Moulds. Okay. Yeah. But he was I think he was always a Bill. Right. I, I don't think he ever played for another team. So yeah, this is the biggest one off of free agency that I've ever seen. Uh, that wasn't either drafted by the Bills or like Traded people like them. yeah but like oh Sammy Watkins played for the Bills yeah he was drafted there and yeah. look where he is now not in Buffalo <laughs> and I think when Kelvin Benjamin came to the the Bills like people were excited but that type train like fell off real quick that was a know? terrible that was a terrible <laughs> situation yeah yeah so th this is exciting though I mean they have I've been telling people around Buffalo a lot that I think Buffalo has easily a top five, maybe even top three receiving core now with Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, and John Brown. Like that, that's that's a solid trio right there. That's a really good trio because now that Cole Beasley's not your number two, he can do his thing and be in the slot. So it's gonna make move the, they're gonna be able to move the ball a lot easier than they did last year. That's for sure. Because it's oh, yeah. gonna open up Brown's routes too. He's not gonna be double covered as much. Because people yeah. are gonna be focused on Diggs in the scouting report. As long as they stay healthy. That's, you know, I know a lot of Bills fans are hoping they maybe can go after like a a running back to help with Singletary. But I don't know. Singletary, you know, may prove to be the guy. Exactly. And then you don't really need to waste all that capital on a running back when you a running back is such like an uncertain thing, man. Yeah. Like we'll actually use that to segue into the fact that Todd Gurley was cut yeah. by the Rams. Come up by the Rams, then like the next day goes to the Atlanta Falcons. Are the favorite team of this podcast, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that definitely heightens the potential for the Falcons to be good again. You know, like they always have a stacked roster, a roster that everybody thinks is going to be elite, but then they always seem to underperform. So we'll see if Todd Gurley can be the old Todd Gurley in Atlanta. If he can, Atlanta's a dangerous team next year. If Matt Ryan and like. Julio Jones go back to what they were a couple years ago and you have that's a high flying Atlanta offense like they they might not be the best defensively but who cares they might just they might have games where they win 48 to 49 to 48 or something like that yeah exactly and it it's just incredible to think that the Rams are just 
they don't know what the hell they're doing. They went all in to win a Super Bowl. They were they were close. They're very close. But they got rid of so many draft picks, and now they're forced to cut so many people because they have they don't have enough cap space. They have lost a ton of pieces. Like I was of the mind thinking, oh, the LA Rams next year will be back to what they were. You know, they had their down year after losing the Super Bowl, but next year they're going to be good. I don't think they're going. I think they're eight and eight next year. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they play in potentially the best division in the NFC too. So <laughs> I mean, that makes it tougher because Arizona got better with DeAndre Hopkins. Yep, uh, they got him off of a trade from Houston. And so they're only going to get better. And then Seattle is still really good. And San Francisco is still really good. So I don't know where the LA Rams fit into that. Yeah. I, I mean, if you think about it, they should come in last because there's no way that the Cardinals are not going to be as bad as they were last year. I mean, no. they, they have too much offensive talent now to be able to, how many wins did they have? What was it? Four or five? I think they had five. One was, but they also had a tie in there too. In the first game of the season. And, okay, every, and let's not right. forget, every game that they played last year, uh, pretty much every game was pretty close. Yeah, and they played the good teams tough, too. Yeah, they had five wins. They went f- uh, five and ten and one. Yeah, and they could have won that game against Detroit, you know. But yeah, every every game was a one-score game, pretty much, with the exception of the game against Seattle and New Orleans. But they played San Francisco tight, and we all know how good San Francisco was. Yeah. You know what's insane? I watched a video the other day of the top 50 throws of the uh, 2019 NFL season, and Russell Wilson probably made up a good, like, 10% of those. Like, he he was he had so many throws on the list. People forget how good he is, man. Like, he is definitely at least top three quarterback in the league right now. Maybe It might be because he plays in Seattle. People forget about that team up in the Pacific Northwest, but yeah. they should. Well, he was I mean, also overshadowed by the Legion of Boom for years, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But Seattle, the, people forget, were one yard away from being the number one seed in the NFC last year. Oh, that's so true. Yeah, they, they were one the yard away, and that could have changed it all. That would have changed everything in the NFC last year. Like, who knows who, if it would have been San Francisco still, if it would have been Seattle, or maybe if you had had uh, Green Bay matched up differently and not having to face San Francisco, maybe the Packers would have made the Super Bowl. So it could change the whole dynamic of everything. It's crazy. Football's crazy, man. Uh, the other uh, running back that went to a new place that's a big name is uh, Melvin Gordon went to a division rival, went to the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And um, uh, I think I think the Chargers were able to offer him a little bit more money, but he went to Denver because he was like, F you guys. Well, it, the issue was he really strained their relationship in L.A., you know, by not. He even came out and said that he regrets holding out, you know, because that was kind of a really crappy situation for him. And. I don't know. The LA Chargers are in disarray right now. Anyway, they have Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. Yeah. You know? So and, yeah, and they have no fan base. Philip Rivers went to the Colts. Yeah. Your your your, your division. Uh, dude, my the AFC South is looking to be such like such a fucking hard division. Yeah. Like every single team is going to be good next year, except for the Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you're going to be the basement team looking up at all those other teams fighting for first. <laughs> I know. I mean, you got Rivers signing with Indianapolis. He has the Titans signing Tannehill to a record contract. I don't know if he deserved that much money, but <laughs> I don't. And I, I'm I'm of the mind. I don't think the Titans are going. The Titans got hot last year at the right time. I don't think that necessarily means they're going to be a very good team. Like that at that has at the high level they were playing at the end of last year, going into this year. I don't. I don't necessarily. I'm not going to rule them out. I think they're going to be a competitive team. I think they're going to be good. But I still think that Houston or Indianapolis, if healthy, are the are better than the Tennessee Titans. I think. Dude, Houston is such a mess, though. Like, they get rid of DeAndre Hopkins. It sounds like Deshaun Watson is not happy with Bill O'Brien there. Like, I wouldn't either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Watson's gonna try his best, man. But you can't do it all himself, as he's shown for the entirety of his career so far. Like he yeah. needs help, and they got rid of his only help in DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Yeah, I I don't know. I really don't know what that was about. And but you know what? After that happened, uh, the Arizona Cardinals fans didn't care because Larry Fitzgerald announced that he was staying, and you got DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald. So one team is really upset, and one fan fan base is really upset, but one fan base is really happy, and that's the way the NFL goes with this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's for sure. 
your, your division rival quarterback, Marcus Mariota, is no longer with the Tennessee Titans. He went to the Raiders. Now oh, he's actually, back with Derek Carr. I didn't even see that. That's funny. Uh, good for him, I guess. I don't know. I've always disliked him anyway. I always thought he was way overrated. And uh, yeah. that proved itself last year. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then moving up to the... Well, let me hear your take on uh, Nick Foles in Chicago. Do you think he's going to be successful there? I do, because the coach is a Andy Reid disciple. You know, you've got... Um, I think he's comfortable with the system there, offensively. And I think that's part of Nick Foles' success is that he's got a cannon of an arm, but he works well under a particular system if he has the right pieces around him. Now, I don't know about the pieces and the weapons in Chicago compared to Philadelphia, but he has the right coach to believe in him, to put him in those situations to be successful. And that's what you want, because that's what he had in Philadelphia. The coach didn't mind that he was there and put him in and put him in situations that really made him successful. And I mean, look at what he did in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, against Bill Belichick. Like he had a phenomenal performance, earned himself a Super Bowl MVP and a Super Bowl title in the process. So do I think he'll have that level of success in Chicago? No, because the Chicago Bears typically don't do that. But <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, I think uh, Allen Robinson is going to be a very trendy fantasy football pick this year. Because he was a solid wide receiver, fantasy wide receiver with Mitch Trubisky at the helm. Mm-hmm. And just using basic math, Nick Foles is greater than Mitch Trubisky. So in turn, Allen Robinson should be a lot more successful. So I think he's going to be the one that stands to benefit the most from this uh, trade with the Jaguars. Um, and then moving on to Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. What do you think about that? He was originally supposed to go to the Bears. Yeah, and I... I, I, I... I'm not that high on Teddy Bridgewater. A lot of people think that he's like this, like really, really good. He was a really great signing for Carolina. Was he though? I mean, he's never shown to be an elite quarterback. He's always been shown to be a solid game manager. That's always what he's done. Like they were quick. They feel, it felt to me like they were quick to get rid of Cam Newton. And part of the reason for that was, you know, it was a brand new owner who came into Carolina not too long ago. They're bringing in a brand new head coach. And when you're brand new to a sports team, you want to have your people you want to have ownership of like i brought this guy in and cam was the previous generation of carolina panthers so they wanted to get rid of him i think because of that reason but is teddy bridgewater really better than cam newton i I don't think so i mean i think the only thing with cam newton is that he's injury prone yeah but but if cam newton's healthy you know and hopefully cam has enough juice in him to get to somewhat of a level of what he was in 2015 I would rather have Cam Newton than Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, you're right, is a good game manager. But being a good game manager also means that you have to have the, – the, the typical game managers are more successful when they have those great weapons around them. Who's the great weapon in Carolina other than McCaffrey? Well, who's fantastic, but he's a running back. Like, What wide receivers do they have down there? DJ Moore is probably their best guy, and he's good, but he's not, like, elite, you know? He's not, like, an Emmanuel Sanders type. Yeah. Exactly. You know, who's in the same division now and is with the Saints, which makes the Saints so much more dangerous. Oh, yeah, because you still have the danger of Michael Thomas there. And then to give him a solid number two, like Drew Brees is going to have a field day next yeah. year. Yeah, that um, division's scary. That that might be the best division in football next year. Yeah. With Atlanta, we talked about Todd Gurley going to Atlanta with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Obviously, we're going to talk about it in a little bit with Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers. Um, and, and then, of course, Emmanuel Sanders going to the Saints. And and Bridgewater going to Carolina hopefully makes them better. So all four of those teams should theoretically be better than they were what they were last year. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And, yeah, you're right. They might be the best division in football. Um, Is there anything else? Anything else big? I mean, I know Kirk, the Vikings re-signed Kirk Cousins. I mean, no, but that's that's not really that big. I mean, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cowboys still haven't signed Dak, right? Yeah, so what they did with Dak Prescott was they franchise tagged him against his wishes, and he said he was going to hold out if he was not given a contract, which that was a very interesting story because Dallas has a lot of talent. They were able to, you know, they signed Amari Cooper. They signed Ezekiel Elliott. They still haven't given Dak a long-term deal, and if he holds out, Dallas is virtually no threat in the NFC lease. So (laughs) do you think it'll still be the NFC lease next year? You, You don't have any faith? Uh, I have no faith in the Redskins. I have little to no faith in my team. And (laughs) I have little to no faith that Carson Wentz can stay healthy. So 
And if Dak Prescott holds out, it might be the team that gets – and again, there's 17 games next year. It might be the team that gets six or seven wins that wins the division, which is so sad. Oh, Jesus. When is that division going to show up? <laughs> well, if Dak Prescott gets paid or shows up and plays under the franchise tag, Dallas should theoretically, based on roster, Dallas should be like an 11, 11 win team, 10, 11 win team. I feel like we've been saying that for a few years now, though, man. And they always come up short. I know. Yeah. It's, but, but you know what? Now they have Mike McCarthy. Maybe he'll, I don't know, put them over the top. <laughs> I hope we'll not. I hope, they, I hope they continue to suck. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, don't we all? But why don't we uh, – so when we come back, we're going to welcome a guest to talk about the biggest – we've talked about all these free agent signs, but clearly the biggest one was when Tom Brady left the New England Patriots to go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We will have – our friend Alex Dean on to talk about his reaction to losing the quarterback that he has known for 20 years in New England. And we are going to drink his tears. All right, everybody, welcome back. So as we all know, the biggest free agency signing so far has been, uh, well, the biggest question people have had for the last 20 years is when is this dynasty in New England going to be over? Tom Brady and Bill Belichick have been together for 20 years, and Tom Brady made the announcement he was leaving the Patriots and then a few days later, it was announced that he was going to not the Chargers, not the Raiders, not the Colts, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We welcome in our friend of the podcast, who's a huge Patriots fan, maybe the biggest Patriots fan we both know. Alex, welcome to the show. And uh, what do you think? Tom Brady's is no longer your quarterback. Uh, okay. Still got <laughs> okay, ain't over with. Oh, boy. Not worried. So we'll run the ball a little more. Big deal. Well, let me ask you this. How sad were you when you heard about it, or do you not care? I mean, I'm disappointed because I think there's something special about playing, like, your entire career in one spot. Um, But, I mean, I understand, like, they have a better offense for Tom, so it kind of makes sense. I'm not still totally sure Belichick can kick him out. That's totally a possibility still. Everyone's hush-hush about it. But, uh, yeah, I'm sad. I'm disappointed, but I think we're going to be fine. I'm not worried about this. All this dynasty over bullcrap. No, thank you. We're still going to win the division. So you're, you're still a believer that in 2020, the what? Patriots will be the champions of the the AFC East? I do, yes. The Bills look pretty good. The Dolphins built a good team in the offseason, but I still think uh, still think we're going to pull it out. No we faith in the Jets? like the best defense in football. Our running backs are studs just because the offensive line got hurt last year. That's really what it all came down to. If uh, if our fullback was healthy, pretty sure we would have won the Super Bowl last year. Not even joking. Damn, that's an interesting claim. I haven't heard that one, but hey. If you, if know you looked at our roster last year, we were supposed to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And then the offensive line got hurt, and our fullbacks got hurt. Went through two fullbacks. We have three fullbacks on the roster now, which is why we're going to be fine next year. Granted, well, Johnson's going to be on the practice squad, but. If Antonio Brown didn't go I think we started the season, probably would have won the AFC. Say that again, Mike. Eh, I, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. It would have helped, but yeah. I mean, it, it's it's Antonio. so so this this doesn't feel like you know two of your close friends break up and you have to publicly say your feelings about which side you're taking. <laughs> oh, I'm on Belichick's side, 100. percent Until okay. Tom's in the NFL, I don't care anymore. But I mean, like Tom was never. He's the GOAT, don't get me wrong. He's the greatest quarterback of all time, but he's not the whole team. All right. I believe in the philosophy of New England. Next man up. Jared Stidham, here we come. You believe in the Patriot way. Patriot <laughs> way, next man up. Jared Stidham. Oh, my God. Mike, Jared Mike, what? Jared Stidham, next man up. Mike, why don't you give well, him your... If he absolutely destroys it early in the season, then Belichick got rid of Brady. That would call on it. Mike, why don't you give him your uh, your theory that you gave me about uh, Bill Belichick and his philosophy for the next year? Oh, so I fully believe that Bill Belichick will throw this season. Oh, like, I don't. I, I fully believe – no, no, and hear me out. I believe that they're going to throw it's this Trevor season Lawrence. so that they can get Trevor Lawrence in the draft the following year. That's what I believe. I don't believe so. And then, because then you have another 10-plus years. And if we win the Super Bowl next year, if Belichick wants Trevor Lawrence, he's going to find a way to get Trevor Lawrence. He'll <laughs> trade two years worth of picks. I don't care. He'll figure it out. If that's right, what he believes. Right leaves. now, it looks like that they, they are... He won't aiming, do that. Don't get me wrong, but... 
in mock drafts, it looks like they're going to go after George's quarterback from his last name's from. I forget his first name, but uh, Jake, Jake from. Um, so yeah, so Jake from from Georgia, <laughs> not Jake from State Farm. Um, I mean, I can see him as like a later fourth or fifth round pick, maybe. I guess he's probably projected to go in the third. I don't really know. I could see it, but I also don't see it. I you, think they take a quarterback in the draft, especially after they just released Cody Kessler today. But. Do you have any interest in the free agent quarterbacks that are out there, like the Cam Newtons or the Jameis Winstons, or, hey, even Joe Flacco's available? <laughs> I didn't know that. Joe. Um, so, sort of no and no. Um, okay. I would like Cam Newton as my quarterback, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm just as confident instead of them, though. But I think – so Cam's not going to sign until free agency is – or not free agency, the draft is over. He's not about to go get stuck in some bullshit place he doesn't want to be because they drafted another quarterback. He's not a stopgap quarterback. He wants to be the franchise quarterback. So he's – I think Cam Newton's waiting to see what his options are. I don't think he, it's any hold up otherwise. I think people probably reached out. Well, I mean, nobody reached out to trade for him because of how his contract was – Structured in Carolina. Well, yeah, it was. You knew he was going to get released. If you traded for him, you were dumb. Yeah, that was stupid. But, but do you, you know, feel like look at Mike Glennon last year or two years ago? He signed uh, a huge contract with the Bears, and then they drafted Trubisky and dropped him. Cam Newton doesn't want that. He doesn't want to be stopgap. He's waiting. Yeah. He'll get signed after the draft. Jameis, I think, is going to go be a backup somewhere. Uh, and Joe Flacco can go cry in the corner because he's a little emo. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Alex, you, you say that you are incredibly confident about the Patriots winning the AFC East next year. I'm, but I, think, I, don't think, I mean, the Bills are good. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> we're going to play. Worst case, we get the wild card. Okay. But I still think we're going to win the AFC East. Belichick's not gone. He ain't giving up the East. He still knows what those teams' kryptonites are. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, p- people in Buffalo are very excited about the Stefan Diggs signing. So I it, honestly didn't like it. And that was even before, right? Because he signed before Tom left, right? Yeah, I just thought yeah. they, gave, I mean, he's a good receiver, but they gave up so much for him. And he's kind of a diva. I mean, who throws a temper tantrum on a play where you scored a touchdown? So, <laughs> well, honestly, I think the way people are rationalizing how much they gave up for him is that they were going to use that pick on a first round receiver in the draft anyway. So why not just get a proven commodity in Stephon Diggs? Because there are receivers in the draft that I love way more than him. What what pick was it? It was like it was a higher pick, right? Twenty. Yeah, it, it was late in the in the draft. Yeah. Still, I mean, there's there's receivers right around that spot that are going to go that I would want much more. Henry Ruggs, he's so fast. He'll probably go before that, but you get yeah. the point. Yeah, I get that. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. The AFC East is probably going to be one of the most interesting divisions in the NFL just because of the fact that Tom Brady's not going to be there anymore. Um, so you Absolutely think Tom Absolutely not. The most interesting is going to be the one Tom Brady is currently in against Drew Brees and uh, who else is there? It, it's, so, yeah, you've got Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. You've got New Orleans with Drew Brees. You have Atlanta with Todd Gurley now in Atlanta with, you know, Matt Ryan. Todd Gurley's now a Falcon. Yeah, because the Rams didn't want to pay him, so they released him. Cool. And then who is the other one? Carolina's next division, Teddy Bridgewater. Okay, I like Bridgewater. So, yeah, that's the most interesting division in football. To me, but yeah. I said one of. I said one of, not. All right, Drew. Well, (laughs) Well, yeah, no. We can't all be in the Jags division. (laughs) There is something to be said that the, uh, the, the Patriots are going to be paid attention to this year because they want to see how good they are with. Out Tom Brady. Having said that, the Patriots as a franchise are not going to get as many primetime games as they have in the years past because now they don't have that, you know, big name player in Tom Brady at quarterback. If if Jared Stidham is the quarterback going into the first game of the regular season next year, I don't see the Patriots getting a ton of Sunday night or Monday night football games like they would in seasons past. I don't really care. Does that matter? I don't even watch every game every week, if I'm being honest. I'll go look at the stats afterwards. Well, Alex, I think you're going to have to move on from your your habit of just not caring about the regular season anymore because it's not. A... I probably will be more invested this year because it's so many like what if questions. But we're going to play. We're going to playoffs, Drew. We're 100 <laughs> percent going to the playoffs. You, you know what? Case is a wild card. Every, you know every what? NFL, Bills ain't that good. They're every good. NFL they fans. Good. 
every NFL fan is going to hate the seven-team playoff structure if the Patriots get that seventh spot. It's like, see, they still get in the playoffs with that additional spot now. <laughs> eh, I, they'll get in anyway. I don't really know how the structure goes. It's just an extra wild card team. So instead of the number two seed also having a bye, only the top seed has a bye, and then the bottom six teams face each other. And so that's how that's going to work. So Perfect timing. Yeah. If we're going to go into play a game first week of playoffs anyway, might as well change all the rules so that only one team gets that bye. I'm yeah. okay with it. We only got, like, what, 100 buy. buys in the past? Yeah, well, before- is not over. That's the point. We got Belichick. He's got another 10 years. And in 10 years, we got his son, Steve, who ran that amazing defense last year. The dynasty is not over. We got another 50 years. All right, so let me That's ask you this. In the, next, in the next two years, because Tom Brady theoretically will only play for two years with Tampa Bay and then retire, will Tom Brady have more success in Tampa over the next two years, or will the Patriots have more success over the next two years? Um, That's tricky, because I could see Tampa winning one of them in the next two years. I mean, I think long-term, obviously, Belichick's going to win more rings than Brady, but I could see him maybe doing it next year. I, it's it's going to really depend. I'm I'm still saying the Patriots, but I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. Brady yeah. is still the GOAT. Mike, let me just say this. To all of the listeners here, just remember, denial is one of the early stages of grief. <laughs> <laughs> or a stage before, because I don't think I've hit that yet. I don't know, but I think y'all are the ones in denial. You guys just want to see the Patriots done so bad. The whole world, I'm watching it. I'm loving it. We're not done. We're not done. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) And anybody who thinks we're done ain't a real Patriots fan, because Brady wasn't the whole team. You didn't understand the Patriot way then. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. How many games did Jimmy Garoppolo win when he came in? How many did uh, Jacoby Brissett win for us when Brady couldn't play? Jacoby Brissett lost happen. to the Bills. Yeah, I was going to say, Jacoby Brissett lost to the Bills. Bills. He won one of his games, didn't he? Yeah, he was. enough to get traded to be a starter. But he lost the start. Oh, okay. I'm sorry I didn't hear that. So, Jimmy Garoppolo won two games, then started the third but got hurt. Brissett came in and won that game, but he didn't start that game. And in the game that he actually started, they lost to the Bills. Okay, but were they ahead by like 40 points or something? Or did Brissett play well? He was actually a pretty close. Oh, he played game well. He, he, yeah. No, he played well. Um, but Matt Castle back in 2009, no, 2008 or 2009, uh, he came in after Brady broke his leg in the first game of the season and went 11 and 5. But they missed the playoffs, losing to the 12 and 4 uh, Chad Pennington Dolphins. They lost the What was this? That was back in the year after the Patriots went undefeated. Oh, I don't man. remember what year that was. Was it that? In 2008. Who came in for, for Matt Castle? Brady? You said Matt Hasselback, which is why I was so confused. Oh, no, I, oh, sorry, no. <laughs> you said I, Hasselback. I'm like, what? What is going on? I thought I said Castle. Add, I'm you're sorry. You're gonna edit all that out because it makes no sense. No, Matt Castle came in and went 11 and five and lost. Right, I mean, go back and look at it. You said Hasselback. I, I think you said Castle, but <laughs> whatever. I got confused. Uh, I fuck Matt Castle. He wasn't a. I mean, he was all right. But Mike is on your he... side here. He's saying the Patriots went eleven and five. <laughs> well, they missed the playoffs. Oh, they went eleven. Right, and five. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> that was the the year Brady broke his leg, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We're still whatever. I ain't worried about it. I'm not shame. saying we're going to the Super Bowl. We're at least making playoffs. <laughs> I mean, we still have to get through the Chiefs and the Ravens. They look good. They yeah. didn't get any worse, as far as I can tell. Yeah, and then Ben Roethlisberger's back for the Steelers, so you'll have to face them eventually, I'm sure. The Steelers are going to be good this year. Everyone's sleeping. And I know my dad's a Steelers fan, but they're going to be good. Yeah. Ben no, I think so, too. He's I think, working I think... out for the first time ever in the offseason. Says he's never done that. Just had Tommy John surgery, which I know it's a baseball thing, but isn't your arm, like, stronger afterwards? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> they beefed up the defense. I like him. He looked like a fucking hobo. <laughs> for a minute, that magic, and he's a god, so yeah, that's true. All right, honestly, well... maybe we trade for Fitz Magic. I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> see what happens after the draft. You shall see, but I think we we're gonna, end... really was gonna come down to it. Pieces aren't gonna move until after the draft. You know, I have a hard time believing that Cam Newton could adapt to the Patriot way. I don't think he's a good fit for the Patriots, I think he has too much attitude. I feel like Bill Belichick would throw him out the door. I don't know about 
added to I don't know if he'll fit in the scheme of the Patriots, like football wise, but I think otherwise, yeah. Cam Newton's hungry. Have you seen he's hungry? He's gonna go all he could be an MVP again this year. They Carolina just said fuck you to him. He's ready. <laughs> he has the ability. Oh yeah, did you see that Instagram post or whatever? Him on the treadmill? He's yoked. Absolutely yeah, he's yoked. He's a yeah. beast. Man's a freak of nature, and Alex is a freak of nature for thinking that the uh, Patriots are going right, to be good Come back year. to me in, uh, <laughs> in a couple months. We'll, we'll talk about this again. Uh, we have... Uh, you and your bills. We have determined the uh, title of this episode is Denial is the First Stage of Grief. Oh, <laughs> that's why you said it. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Uh, if, if you insist. I'm Alex. just saying, our team still looks good. I think we draft a tight end. That's really the only spot I see we need. We'll draft a tight end. We'll draft a receiver. We good. All right, Alex says the they're we'll good. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. It's always good to get no your problem. insight. Thanks good for having you, me. Good to see you, boys. All right, man. Talk to you later. Yeah. Later. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to a project that is very near and dear to the hearts of two of my closest friends, Boho Homo. Their mission is to attempt to understand the human experience and inject an uplifting and positive message into this crazy world that we live in. And you can visit their website to learn more about this incredible community organization at bohohobolifestyle.com. Explore endlessly. All right. Joining us now is our baseball analyst, Rob Hannon. Rob, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me again, guys. Appreciate it. How are you? Uh, how are you doing with this whole uh, coronavirus thing? You doing okay? Army got you busy? Uh, we're hanging in there. We're uh, currently working from home right now. Uh, since I'm in school right now, it's not too bad. It's, they moved our classes online. So I know like from s- some other units, uh, they're still going to work for uh, essential personnel, but we're working from home kind of sucks i miss going outside the weather's beautiful down here in virginia right now can't enjoy it but we're just taking it day by day they take it that's all you can do all you can do is take it day by day i wish we were uh, calling you to talk about opening day and how everything went with that because that's around the time it would be right now but unfortunately we're delayed like everybody else i uh, know it's killing me opening days arguably my favorite day of the year so i mean it's it's tough that it's been delayed but out of our hands at this point just got to roll with the hits yeah. So what do you think about some of the proposals? They've recently the MLB's come out with like their contingency plans for this coronavirus. They're thinking of a 140 game season um, because they're ideally hoping to start around July, like maybe late June, July. But that'll mean they might feature more double headers and less days off. Do you agree with that kind of a plan of the MLB right now? Or do you think they should have an even shorter season than that? Because they want to drag it out all the way to October. So to me, uh, as a fan, the more baseball, the better. Um, you start getting into the concerns of you know players getting overly fatigued if they're playing double headers all the time and stuff. I'd like to see as much baseball as reasonably possible, kind of an agreement from both sides. Uh, I know they mentioned initially starting the season with no fans in, at the stadiums. I yeah. get it. I mean, as someone who watches a lot of baseball, I may catch a couple games a year in person. I watch more of them on TV. So as long as they're being broadcasted, I don't think that's a huge effect or, you know, it's not a huge negative effect. But uh, I mean, I'd just like to get the season started as as soon as possible and as safely as possible. And as many games we can pack into that that time frame, the better. I agree with you. I, I agree with you there. Um, here's something that I, I kind of was against, but let's see what your opinion is on this. Because they're going to drag the regular season out to October, that would mean the postseason would dip into November. And they're talking about having neutral site playoff games, meaning they'll have two teams meet in a either a dome or a warm climate stadium. Are you for that? Or are you against that? Uh, neither per se. Uh, I love the whole idea of home field advantage and, and, you know, people playing baseball late October, early November in cold stadiums is cool to me. I don't know why uh, it's just, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have a problem with it, but I get why they're doing the things they're doing too. You got to encourage uh, you know, fans that come out still, and it gets pretty cold there in November, especially up in the Northeast, who usually dominates baseball is north northeastern side of the United right. States. Um, so I, I get it. Uh, I don't know. It's just this season, you just got to roll the hits, and whatever happens, happens. And I think 
if you're a fan of the game, you can still find enjoyment out of whatever they decide to do. I know. I just I have a hard time grasping the idea of like the Yankees and the Red Sox in a postseason matchup, and neither game being at Fenway Park or Yankee Stadium. They're in like Tampa Bay. That just uh, that just just it's not going to be the same. Yeah, it definitely won't <laughs> be the same. Um, but nothing about this season is going to be normal, and I think. Once everyone accepts that, we can just roll on and get back to normal next year and try and enjoy this year for what it is still. There's going to be some, you know, some aspects of this that could be fun still. And I don't know. I think if everyone just kind of goes in with an open mind about it, we can just try and enjoy it as much as we can for what it is. Yeah. The, well, apparently here's another proposal. They're trying to throw in a 14 team. According to NBC Sports, the MLB might introduce a 14-team playoff this year as opposed to a traditional 10-team playoff. Now, is and, that just for this year? Because I know there's also talks about expanding the playoffs moving forward. Either way, I hate it. I do not like expanding the playoffs. Five teams per league is plenty. Yeah. Um, you start getting away from having the best competitors really get in, and then you get into the issues of, oh, yeah, I know I'm going to make the playoffs, so I start tanking now, start saving my guys. Uh, I've heard stuff that the first teams might get a bye. That's terrible. You got your ace pitcher not pitching for two weeks in a row now, and then he comes back. He's going to be terrible. Hate it. Ten teams is plenty. Don't change that. I don't care what the situation is. That needs to stay the yeah. same, in my opinion. Yeah, apparently it's uh, – when I read about it, it's super weird because what they want to do is have it like a couple teams will have a bye, but then the teams that don't have byes that are the higher seeds get to pick the team that they play. I'm like, no, no, none of that. Like, Hate I, it. I, even Drew, like you're not even a baseball fan. Even you know that sounds stupid. That's so <laughs> weird. That takes that's such a weird advantage to give a team. Like I don't. I, I don't hate like it. That. Uh, Terrible. Yeah. No, I I was even against the wild card game, the one game wild card game. I I think that just the, who's the best team that's not winning your division gets the wild card. I'm such a traditionalist in that regard. Like that's how I. And I, I I get that too. Um, I, I I was probably against expanding it to two wild card teams. I don't remember my stance on it for sure. I guess now I don't mind it. It's you know, the one game plan is okay. Um, I don't think that really ruins the playoffs or anything. If you start expanding it, you're going to ruin the playoffs. And I don't know what it is with MLB. They feel like they have to do all these things every year or implement these new rules all the time to try and change the game. When most people that watch baseball are actually traditionalists, I'd say, and don't want to see the game radicalized to appeal to some sort of new audience that I don't even think they even know exists. I, I don't get it. But. Yeah, I don't. I- I feel like if you're not a fan of baseball at this point, you probably won't be. <laughs> like, Drew, are these rules going to make you start watching baseball? No, probably not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they're they're missing <laughs> the point. It, it, it makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But I, I'm just disappointed that we can't be talking about current games going on right now like a lot of other sports. But, you know, it is what it is. We'll have to just take it day by day, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll have baseball again soon. Yeah, uh, it, it is tough watch not being able to watch the Yankees crush the Red Sox. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be tough until <laughs> yeah. the season, and we can watch that. So you know, until then, I'll I, I'll, be, I'll uh, be patiently waiting. I'll be honest that that probably would be the case, especially this year. Uh, so <laughs> I'm actually okay with. Not uh, I'm just playing. That. You guys are always dangerous, and I always value a good uh, Red Sox Yankees game, even if one of us sucks that year. It's still a uh, still a good time. So. Well, here's, here's the last thing I wanted to bring up to you to see what you think about this. So the MLB came out and said that no matter what happens, whether they end up playing games this year or not, like if they have to go that drastic around and not play games this year, players will still get a full year of service credit on their record. So like Mookie Betts, who just got traded to the Dodgers, will still be a free agent next summer, even if he doesn't end up playing one game for the Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, that just kind of is what it is. Like a lot of these contracts, I don't, I don't know all the details of them, but – if you know if that's how they play out, if that's the deal between MLB and the Players Association, or if that's how these contracts are written, that hey, you know, if something happens to the season, I was still there for a season, then that just is what it is. You know, you got to protect the interest, and no one, no one can see something like this happen. This isn't a predictable right. sort of thing. It's just a unique situation for a team like the Dodgers. Yeah, that sucks. I mean, go out and resign him. I guess I don't. I yeah, I, I don't know. You, no matter what happens, not everyone's gonna come out of this as a winner some people are just going to take some l's and the league as in general is taking an l right now so you're not really gonna uh you know get a lot of sympathy but it just is what it is uh hopefully we start baseball sooner than later though you know well let me ask you this you you sounded very vehemently against changing the baseball playoffs 
What about these changes that are being proposed for the NFL playoffs? So, what, what are your thoughts on those? They're they're planning on implementing one more uh, wildcard team, right, Mike? Yeah, so there's going to be seven teams in the NFC, seven teams in the AFC now. And so only the number one seed gets a bye, and the, the six bottom teams face each other. For me, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't make too much of a difference for me. I'm not a huge football guy as I am a baseball guy, but uh, just looking at it, they play 16 regular season games as opposed to 162. Um, you don't have guys that are in uh, five-day rhythms for pitching and stuff like that. They, they, they play once a week already. And I think they're they would keep that schedule even if they expanded the playoffs. They'd only play one game a week, if I'm not mistaken. They may they're have an extra behind games now in the regular season. Okay, so you know, to me, I think it's less of an impact on the actual game, um, and it gives more teams a chance to compete. That I don't know. Like I said, you want to have the best teams in the playoffs you can have. Uh, so I think it's less impact. Don't know if I like it. Don't know if. I watch enough NFL to care, but uh, to be determined, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I know you're a big Brady fan. You don't have to root for the Patriots anymore. I don't. Um, yeah, they, they cheat too much, so I'm kind of glad he left. Uh, <laughs> had a hard time even, you know, I, I didn't really even root for them the past few years. There's just, just too, uh, too many red flags and scandals going on there. I'd still root for Brady as a, a player and a person, but couldn't really get behind the organization anymore. But uh, now, I'm, uh, now I'm on the Bucks. The Bucks wagon right now, you know, Brady's gonna we'll see what he can do there. And it's an exciting new beginning for him, I guess. Uh I'll probably like them until he retires and we'll reevaluate and you know pick another team, I guess. But we'll see what happens. Well it's funny because we just got off of the phone with uh our friend Alex Dean and he's basically in denial right now. He's like, Oh no, we're we're still gonna win. You know, we're, we're still gonna be really good. And I'm like, oh. So so he's actually a diehard Pats fan though. Yeah, that's he's he's loyal to the organization. I, I don't know. I I rooted for them because I like Tom Brady, and I kind of got on board with them. Uh, but like I said, too much cheating has kind of pushed me away from the organization, whether it's the flake gate, you got them recording people. And it's, I don't know. Some of it's unproven, I guess, but it's, it's just sketchy all around. Not to mention, it is the same city that the Boston Red Sox come from. So <laughs> it makes it easier for me to not like them uh, now that Brady's gone, uh, you know, just in good competitive spirit. There you go. <laughs> they yeah, are no, the I, city of champions, though. I mean, no one can really take that away from them. You guys have dominated sports the past 20 years, but glad to uh, glad to not have to be in that bind anymore. Let's go Bucks. <laughs> you know, uh, Alex, when he said that they were going to win the AFC still next year, Drew said that uh, denial is the first stage of grief. So, <laughs> so I, I went to college with a ton of Buffalo fans. I know a ton of guys that live in Buffalo. I'm rooting for the Bills in the AFC East now. I want them to take that division. That would be wild. Uh, it's just cool to see the Bills on the come up. Bills Mafia is probably the greatest fan base in sports. So, you know, big things coming for them. They don't have to play Brady anymore. I'm sure they're pretty excited. I, I'm pretty sure that they were psyched and they were disappointed they couldn't party like normal because of the quarantine. But, yeah, I'm sure Bills fans were nuts over the fact that hey, what, what's this quarantine's over no tables are safe i'm putting it out there now no tables are safe no dude if the nfl <laughs> season ends up getting affected by this i'm gonna be so sad i really oh hope this blows over sooner rather than later um now unfortunately you know i'm not a medical expert by any means i don't want to you know i don't want to come off like i'm trying to be a medical expert but i guess april's supposed to be the month where a lot of bad stuff happens and uh hopefully from there on it'll you know decline and eventually go away and we can resume life as we used to know it yeah yeah hopefully my bachelor party happens oh yeah oh <laughs> man I, oh that's gonna be tight man i canceled i had another trip in in may actually uh with uh some of my fraternity brothers uh we had to cancel that shout shout out them real quick those are most of the guys from buffalo i was referencing earlier too but uh yeah, we had to cancel all that. It's a real bummer. We're going to have to try and do something later in the year, maybe. We do like an annual Memorial Day type thing, but yeah, I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah, you know, not much you can do about it. Luckily, with the, my bachelor party, there aren't too many expenses that people have to try and recoup. Um, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see what happens with the rest of the sports world. Rob, we always appreciate you having you on. You hey, yeah, yeah. I mean, anytime, guys, appreciate it as always. Uh, it's fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Rob, thanks for joining the show and uh, go Sox. Oh, come on, Mike. <laughs>
All right, guys, we've talked about how the NFL has continued their free agency despite the coronavirus. We talked about uh, how Major League Baseball is addressing the issue of the coronavirus. Uh, the NBA is looking to potentially come back in July with the regular season. They're hoping to have 70 games, which would mean most teams have about 65 games played already. So they only have to play like five regular season games, and then we'd start the playoffs. And a lot of the playoff games would be, instead of a seven-game series, would be a three-game series. Drew, do you think that the NBA is uh, going to still continue? Do you think that they'll eventually pull the trigger on canceling the season? I think it's still going to continue. Um, when I was I was listening to the big podcast with Shaq a few days ago, and they had Mark Cuban on, mm-hmm. and Mark Cuban was saying that within the league, within the owners, within like the top dogs, they're basically saying that they believe that the NBA season is going to start back up like somewhere around July. Um, so kind of similar to the MLB, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the NBA is going to come back. I think they're just going to shorten the season and then just jump right into the playoffs. Because um, basically everything's already kind of set. You know, like people are fighting for maybe like the middle seeds in the West and the middle seeds and the late seeds in the East. But I mean, in reality, we already know what teams are going to be competing for a championship. So we don't need the rest of the 82 game slate to figure out that it's probably going to be the Bucks versus one of the LA teams, you know, yeah, or, or the Celtics. I'll get the Celtics too. Well, I mean, no, I, I think it's fair to assume that the Bucks would beat the Celtics. It's just, it's funny. Uh, someone, I, I think it was a uh, Colin Cowherd on Fox sports one said, you know, this season would mean a lot to the golden state warriors when it comes to the Greek freak, because they're hoping to sign him in free agency. And he was making the case that if the Bucks were to go to the Eastern conference finals and lose, to the Celtics, despite the amazing season that he had carrying the Bucks, would Greek Freak be like, you know what, I, I, I carried you guys as far as I can, but you're not putting enough talent around me. I'm going to go to the Golden State Warriors to get my championship. Because he would get a championship if he went to the Golden State Warriors, I think, uh, to join Steph Curry and Clay and, and Draymond. Um, so that would be but – but if they don't end up playing this year – then he would easily resign with the Bucks because he's like, hey, well, last we were playing, we were the number one seed. We were prime, primed to go to the, the finals. So I think, I think the that... only, only reason he would leave is if he didn't like Milwaukee. You know, if he just didn't want to be there anymore, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, LeBron played nine years in Cleveland. He gave them chance after chance after chance, and then finally was just, like, fed up with it and was like, you know, I'm going to go get my rings in Miami. So. Well, I, I'm going to say that Chris Middleton and uh, – Connaughton are better players than Zydrudis Solgowskis and uh, the rest of that squad that LeBron had I back in those I years. Think, I think that's a fair <laughs> argument, but you can't forget Anderson Verizhao. <laughs> that's who I was trying to think of, Verizhao. Well, the funniest thing about Anderson Verizhao is he was in Cleveland forever, like way even longer than LeBron. And then he goes to the Golden State Warriors the year that the Cleveland Cavaliers win the finals. I know. Well, but didn't he still get a ring? Uh, when he was on the, because he was on the Cavs for like half, more than half the year, right? I was gonna say, I, I feel like there was an argument to be made that he was like going to get a ring either way, whoever won the finals. Yeah, <laughs> so that's insane. <laughs> Which is stupid. Uh, but uh, I, I know it's really depressing. It really stinks that we're not able to watch sports like the NBA, like baseball. Um, obviously football wouldn't be on anyway right now at this time of year. But um, XFL, XFL football would be on. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I never got excited about that. Uh, but I, I was going to note that on ESPN, starting on April 19th, they are going to be airing a 10-part documentary series called The Last Dance, featuring the 1998 Chicago Bulls and really the whole run that the Chicago Bulls had in the 90s. So that'll start on April 19th. So tune into that on ESPN. Uh, the, I think that the Bulls are one of the, uh, you know, you can go based on, in our lifetime, the dynasties that we've seen, like the San Antonio Spurs, the Golden State Warriors, the Tom Brady-led Patriots is the most notable of all of those in our lifetime uh, that we remember. I mean, obviously the Bulls were in our lifetime at the end of it, but we were infants and weren't really paying attention to sports. Uh, the Chicago Bulls were actually really celebrated and loved by most fans, whereas a lot of the dynasties I remember, I, I could think of, are all hated by fans. Like, people hated on Golden State, uh, especially once Kevin Durant got there. Most people, unless you're from Boston or New England area, hated the Patriots. <laughs> and then everybody thought the San Antonio Spurs were boring. We're so boring. they were so frustrated. 
But the Bulls were really celebrated and admired by fans, and so this is what this ten, you know, this ten part doc series is about. Is about how much the how much the Chicago Bulls meant to the NBA and the you know the country and the world during that time. So I think it's yeah. gonna be really interesting. Yeah, stuff like that is always interesting. I mean, Kristen and I just watched the other day the Requiem for the Big East 30 for 30, where it talked about the rise of the Big East. It was very Syracuse centric. So it was a lot of fun to watch. But like all of those 30 for 30s, all of those docuseries are always so interesting just to hear about the details that you don't just randomly hear on random sports talk shows. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love all those types of sports documentaries. And one of my favorites, obviously, is uh, Four Days in October. It's about the Red Sox uh, coming back from three games to none against the Yankees. Uh, but if you're an ESPN Plus subscriber, you have all access to all their 30 for 30s that they've ever made. So I, I was thinking about signing up for that because there's a Lakers-Celtics one that I haven't seen that's up there that I would really like to to tune into. So there is some sports stuff out there to watch, even though we can't watch any active games right now. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for tuning into this podcast. We were uh, This is the first time we've used Skype as our method of recording due to the quarantine. So uh, we're appreciative for the technology available to us and hope you guys are all staying safe out there. Drew, you got anything else for anybody? Uh, I just want to say it was awesome to talk about sports. It's been a while. Like I haven't really yeah. talked about sports with anyone in a long time. So, I mean, everybody loves sports. It brings people up. It distracts people from the, the shittiness of daily life, the stresses of daily life. And people are missing it right now. But hopefully uh, us giving you this conversation will give you at least a little bit of, a little bit of that sports fix that you've been looking for. Thanks again, guys, for listening to another damn sports podcast. He is Money Mike Gilchrist. I am Drew Torres, and have a good one.